Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together, we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. Alright, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what today is? I do. What is today? It is Sacrilegious Book Club. That's right. And what are we covering today? Today we are starting a new book. We're taking a break from that lecherous son of a bitch, Asimov. Yeah. Um, And we will come back to that lecherous son of a bitch some other time. Right. 
Um, but for now, we are getting into a treasury of Jewish folklore. Fine. And I'm not going to be um, talking about any stories or anything today. I'm just going over um, the book itself and the introduction. That way it gives people a chance to purchase it if they want to follow along. Perfect. All right. And I think uh, I'm actually going to start doing something special with this um, after we get about three episodes in. I'm... Um, I'm kind of starting to break our podcast into separate podcasts. Mm. So I'm going to create, it'll still be on our main feed, but if mm-hmm. you want to follow just this, I will be creating a Jewish folklore you know, feed for us at some point for this book series. Probably the Asimov one as well. I see. Um, but it's, it's, it's a something in the works. So Got it. Yeah. Sounds right. good. Um, so are we ready to get into this or did you have anything else to cover in the intro here? That one's it. All right, let's do this. Okie dokie. Hey, wife. Yes, husband. Did you know that we are now on Patreon? Um, yes, because you told me, but also, no, tell me more. (laughs) So we're on Patreon now. Are we? We are. And our supporters can go there and support us. And we have multiple levels all the way up to You Killed God. That sounds really drastic and escalated quickly-ish. Well, no, there's multiple levels before there. So it it escalates on a sliding scale of... You know, cheap to, to not cheap. Oh. But, you know, we can definitely use any amount. So, like, any support is always appreciated. So, what exactly is Patreon? It's a place where you can show your support for our podcast. And Just our podcast? Any podcast or any <laughs> performer. But, you know, we're the ones that, you know, you're listening to right now. So, maybe you should, uh, you know, support us. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. But we love you anyway. So, all you got to do is go to Patreon. Look up Sacrilegious Discourse. It's actually patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse is our actual main page there. So, head on over and send us some love. Yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, so as I said, we're getting into a treasury of Jewish folklore. Uh huh. And um, if you turn inside, it actually has a subtitle Stories, Traditions, Legends, Humor, Wisdom, and Folk Songs of the Jewish People. Okay. It's edited by Nathan Ozubel. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Sure. Apologies I mean, to everyone. It tracks with our podcast. You right, know. right. <laughs> um,. Before I go any further, I wanted to say something about the cover art because okay. it's kind of an amazing piece. It's it's very odd if you're not like 
into, I don't know, it's just, it's an odd cover, but it's perfectly fitting. Um, what we have on the front is um, a piece of art by um, Mark Chagall, and the piece is called uh, The Jew and the Torah, and it's got a guy, and he's holding on to something. It kind of looks like a baby, but it is the sure, Torah. Right. There's also a goat, which I looked up this guy's art, and goats appear in a lot of his art because um, it's symbolic of what it gets sacrificed for sins. Right, right. And he also has a what looks like a grandfather clock, and he has clocks in a lot of his art too. Gotcha. Um, now you might be asking, like, why are you spending time on the art? Um, I just I had a feeling that it was important, so I'm gonna talk about the artist a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. So again, it's Mark Chagall. He was a Jewish. French artist born in 1887, and he's been described as the quintessential Jewish artist of the 20th century, huh. the last survivor of the first generation of European modernists, and he is respected as the world's preeminent Jewish artist. Wow. Okay, yeah. I mean, it is pretty cool art. I it have is. To say. It's like... really interesting. Like, I would love to have a piece like this on my wall because right. there's so much going on in it. Like you could just keep looking at it. We need like a sacrilegious discourse room. We really do. So that we can like litter it with things like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just really, cool, really cool like quote unquote like, stuff. You know, like, you know, things our fans send us and things like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, just cool yeah. shit, you know? Cool shit. Yeah. So, um, using the medium of stained glass he has produced window. Well, he's dead now. Right. He produced windows for several famous cathedrals throughout Europe and Russia. Okay. The UN. Wow. The Art Institute of Chicago. Damn. The Jerusalem windows in Israel. Hmm. He also did large scale paintings, including part of the ceiling of the Paris Opera. Wow. Yeah. His painting, The Green Violinist was the inspiration for the title of the musical and movie Fiddler on the Roof. Damn. Right? This guy's guy's got a nice little resume here. Yeah. Okay, this one gave me the the most goosebumps. Okay. Pablo Picasso said of him in the 1950s, when Matisse dies, Chagall will be the only painter left who understands what color really is. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's high praise. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Chagall's left hand had seven fingers, and the number seven is very meaningful to him, hmm. as he was born on the seventh day of the seventh month in 1987. Not 1987. I'm sorry, 1887. <laughs> sorry. And he died in 1985. So, gotcha. I mean, he is, like, I was 10 when he died. Right, Basically. Right. He was in my lifetime. No, that's very cool. Yeah. And, I don't know, it just... I read over that and I was like, holy shit, I'm really glad that I took the time to look into that because yeah. I don't know art. I don't know artists' names and I feel better. I I feel like a better person for having looked into that and, and now I know. Yeah, no, it's a really, like, it's a very interesting cover. Yeah. I mean, I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Well, so, now you know. Now we know a lot more about it. Yeah. So I'm going to read some stuff from the inside um, cover jacket, which I love to do. You oh, I hate know. it. Okay, you guys, I should say, like, this is literally how I do books. 
Okay. It literally is. Like when I buy a book or when I'm looking at a book to decide if I want to buy it, oh. I look at the title. I look at who wrote it. I look at the cover art. I look at the back cover. I look at the inside dust jacket. To me, it is so painful to watch and listen yeah. to. Yeah. It, but that's just me. That's I know. Just me. I know. I know. Um, when we go into a bookstore, like literally, it'll take me an hour to go down oh, one aisle. I ditch you. And he's already been around the store like three times over, and he's like walking up to me several times, going, "Look, babe, look at this. Hey, babe, look at this. Ooh, look at what I found." And I'm like, "Stop bothering me." Yeah, I'm... you've been perusing one book the entire time. Yes, because yeah. I'm. This is. I don't know. Books are my thing, and like, I just, I, I'm very serious about it. And the whole process is very meaningful to me. Sure. So if this is boring for you, like, I'm not offended. I'm sure it's we've mentioned for... this before, but we met at a bookstore. We, we both we worked, worked in a bookstore. We worked at Borders. Yeah. And that's how we met. Right. So husband is not anti-book. He loves books, too. Oh, yes, very much. We're just on different it's levels. different levels of loving books. Yes. Because uh, wife definitely wins the contest of loving books. It's not a contest. No, I'm just... I, I'm giving you the win there. Just take it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just putting it out there before I go on because I I want everybody to know like this is a process for me. This is how I do. And it's not for everyone. It's not for a lot of people. And I totally won't be offended if I get feedback saying, "My god, stop. You can't do books <laughs> that way." Like I'm going to keep doing books that way. And either it's it's a thing. It's a thing. She just has to. I have to. Yeah. Okay. So inside the cover, um, plus going over this gives you guys another week to pick right. up the book. So right. you know, no harm, no foul, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So um, inside the cover we have um, let's see, what does he say? Um, you know what? Hold on a he second. He didn't take as good a notes as you thought. No, I study and. Pasted something. Study and pasted I, something. No, copy and pasted something. And I'm like, what the fuck did you just do? I don't know what I did. Hmm. Okay, so um, give me a second here. I'm giving you a second. Writing, okay, so um, something got moved around in my notes. And yeah, it's, it's no, disturbing I, I gotcha, me. I, gotcha. I apologize. Um, so he he does comment. This book is full of commentative and interpretive writings. Okay. Um, that hold a place in the Jewish religious tradition, second only to the Bible. These pieces that he's gathered here come from um, the Talmud. They come from the Midrash. And I will get into what those are momentarily because I was like, yeah. what the fuck are those? Okay. okay? The um, Hebrew term Talmud commonly refers to a compilation of ancient teachings regarded as sacred and normative by Jews. From the time it was compiled until modern times and still so regarded by traditional religious Jews. Okay. So it's I mean, still, I've heard of the Talmud before. I, I, I had heard of it. I just, I didn't really know what it was and how it fits in. Right, right. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later too. Okay. okay. Yep. But this is just from the inside front cover. Okay. Yep. In its broadest sense, the Talmud is a set of books consisting of the Mishnah, which means repeated study, the Gemara which means completion and certain auxiliary materials. Okay. So, and again, I will go over all what all that means. Got okay? it. Yeah. The Midrash reimagines dominant narrative readings while crafting new ones to stand alongside, not replace former readings. Midrash also asks questions of the texts, 
Sometimes it provides answers. Sometimes it leaves the reader to answer those questions. Okay. Okay. So they're just... Well, and that's I, that's one thing we commented on the other day is that I, we, I feel that um, Judaism, as far as religions go that I'm aware of, mm-hmm. is a very inquisitive religion. It is. So. It is. And that actually leads nicely into the very next um, part that I'm going to read here. Um, okay, I'm quoting from from the uh, editor here, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, again, his na- name is Nathan Osubel. The excitement and variety of these tales make them a delight for reading aloud to children or silently to yourself. The major figures of Jewish history are all here, ranging from the Maccabees to the heroes of the Warsaw Ghetto. Mm. So we've got a whole... Which we're not going to cover much of the Warsaw Ghetto stuff. No, no. um, I'm only going to go over stuff that is like biblical times. Right. But it Um, does go all the way up into World War II. It it really does. And it's interesting. I'm not uninterested. It's just not pertinent to the scope of what we are looking for. Right. And I don't think we're going to like read this cover to cover exactly. Mm -mm. We're just going to Mm kind of go through it and... I'm just pulling out pieces that I will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The wisdom of the Jewish people's spiritual leaders is contained in poignant tales and sayings. Okay. And that's what a lot of these um, additional pieces of writing are like the Midrash and stuff. But again, I'm going to get into that in a minute. Okay. These stories are part of a long and continuous storytelling tradition spanning several thousand years. So most of these tales are things that have been passed down. Right. Over generations. Yeah. Jewish folklore is richly varied and colored with the imprint of the many diverse cultures that Jews have assimilated everywhere through the centuries. Despite the wide dispersion of the Jewish people, these folk tales remain distinct and unified, which um, when I get into the introduction, which I have not actually reached yet we're still talking about the inside <laughs> flap okay right right um he does go into that a little bit more gotcha most of the old legends contained in this book originated in the agata of the talmud and the midrash which again means is, nothing to me at the moment it's it's very just, little to me anyway. for now just know it's supplemental material okay okay yeah a treasury of jewish folklore is a classic volume that continues to delight readers of all ages <laughs> okay so when that that was the inside front cover and back cover. Got it. I love okay? how you I love how you read the sales pitch. I did. Yeah, I did. That was great. Um I mean it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> okay, so when you open the book, the first thing you come to is this massive table of contents. And I was intimidated by it first because it's broken down and then it's broken further down and then it's broken down a third time. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck am I getting into here? (laughs) But here are, there are six main sections. Okay. okay? Yeah. The first one is Jewish salt, which I will explain in a minute. Jewish salt. Yeah. It's a a thing. All right. Okay. The second one is heroes. The third one is the human comedy. The fourth one is tales and legends. Number five, proverbs and riddles. And number six, songs and dances. We're not going to do anything from that section. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we're getting into the introduction. We only do those if we have to. Yeah. Yeah. And I say no to this one. Right. Right. Okay. So now we're getting into the intro. So this is what Nathan Ozubel has written himself. Okay. Okay. Like other children brought up in an Orthodox Jewish environment, I was immersed in Jewish song and story 
as soon as I became aware of the world around me. Years later, I discovered that the lore of my people had entered into my bloodstream, as it were, and had become a part of the cultural reality of my life. Who has not had this experience? Which I thought was like a beautiful way to, to open because it made me think like I grew up hearing stories, you know, that my parents taught me. And, sure. You know, the little songs like just this morning or just last night, Abby and I were both um, singing um, the song about the bumblebee. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had learned that when I was a kid. Right. So it's just. You know, you learn things and then you pass them on to your kids. Yeah, yeah. So melodies sung in childhood have a tendency to linger persistently in, and they're, <sighs> sorry, <sighs> I can't read because I'm so excited, <laughs> to linger persistently in the subconscious and the stories and sayings we heard time and again from the lips of our parents are never really erased from our memory. Right. And that's true. Yeah. While we all have different cultural memories. Sure. But. Yes. And because I didn't grow up in Ohio, but you did, um, you and I sometimes are like, what the fuck are you singing? Like, I've never <laughs> heard of that before. And vice versa, like, I'll be singing something and you'll be like, what is that? And I right. just, you know, you grow up thinking, what? Everybody's heard this. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. He continues, while my main purpose in compiling this anthology was to present the spontaneous folk creation of the Jewish people, I was also motivated by the desire to recapture the fading memory of the wonder and the beauty that had inspirited my childhood in the old world. And so I began to gather all the myths and parables, stories and legends, the songs and the wise sayings upon which I and millions of other Jewish children throughout the many centuries had been nurtured. Okay. Then he goes on a bit. He talks about all the material coming together that creates a familiar picture of someone as he's like pulling all this material together. Yeah. It like seems like someone that he recognizes. Okay. And he goes, before long, I knew with certainty whose portrait it was. It was the composite portrait of the Jewish people. It basically... Everything that he was creating was like the quintessential Jew. Right. And it amazed him that that was true because he was gathering these from Jewish people from all over the world and all different backgrounds. Right. right. So he was very surprised about that. Yeah. How could there have emerged such a remarkable unity from all this variegated mass of folk materials? For one thing, Jewish historic experience has been disturbingly similar in so many ways in every age, and in almost every land of the diaspora. Okay? So... Yeah. Um, that I just thought that was cool. Like, he's putting all this together and doesn't really know what he's building until he's built it. Right, right. Jews became an intellectual people not because of any innate mental superiority over other peoples, but because of their peculiar nature of their history. In large measure, this tradition was derived from the religious obligation of every Jew to study scripture ceaselessly, for it must always be kept in mind that Judaism was cradled in a theocracy, a priest state. Studying was not only unprecedented in its mass scope in the intellectual history of mankind, 
but within its limited religious framework, it represented the most democratic philosophy of education in antiquity. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. Right. And actually lends a lot of credibility to what we said about mm-hmm. how they're very inquisitive about yes. their own religion and everything. Mm-hmm. So, And that is exactly correct. Right. Like, right. That is true. Yeah. So what we had suspected and what we had, had thought just based on what we gleaned from our limited experience of the Jewish culture. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. This universal study, or I'm sorry, this universal duty to study as a religious act brought into the base of Jewish culture and in consequence elevated it. So he's like, we're not smart because we're smart. We're smart because we read a lot and we ask questions and that makes us smart. And then we are smart. I mean, duh. Right? <laughs> like, I just, I, I love that. I mean, I, don't I, know. I, I have the, the only point of contention I would have is the material that they're, that you're, they're reading. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only point of contention I have here. Right. But right. other than that, yes, I would agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Okay. He continues, despite the tragedy of their historic experiences, Jews have always been life affirming or they could not possibly have survived the ordeals. They had to go through as a people. Yeah, God put them through some shit. Yeah, it is. <laughs> In fact, if anything, their troubles made indestructible optimism of them. Mm. Isn't that something? Yeah. It's weird, right? Yeah. Like it's backwards to what you would expect. Right. Their laughter had to be an affirmative and defiant answer to the world's cruelties. A mellowing agent which helps draw the sting of grief from tragedy. This mellowing humor may very well be called Jewish salt. And that's the first section um, Jewish of the salt, book. Right. And so I was like, what the fuck is that? Well, Jewish salt um, is based on a phrase called attic salt. And I was okay. like, that's nice. What the fuck is attic right, salt? Right. Um, it's a poignant and delicate wit, a dry, shrewd, or pointed, or cutting, or subtle humor. Got it. So it just means like a smart sense of humor, like sarcastic, dry, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In classical times, salt was a frequent metaphor for the word wit. Gotcha. So that's where it comes from. All right. Okay. So that's why the first section of the book is um, Jewish salt. Got it. Okay. Got it. Which I'm so glad he explained because I was like not understanding right. at all what that was about. And I had started reading some of them and I was like, there's no salt. I don't understand. <laughs> what is this? Right. Okay. He continues. Many Jewish legends and folk tales are suffused with a deep sadness, but somehow the sadness rarely degenerates into despair or even self-pity. Almost always it bears within it the saving grace of catharsis, of the ennoblement of grief in the steadfast spirit, of moral triumph in the righteous even in defeat. So it just is saying yeah. more about their positivity, and, sure. but also their their longing for justice. Right. Like not justice like vengeance, justice like a just world, a world where there is justice. Right, right. So um, he goes on to say the years of labor which have gone into the preparation of this work will be more than rewarded if it will reveal to the Jewish reader the existence of the little known cultural treasures of his people and in consequence 
will fill him with the sense of human dignity and worth that is his birthright. To the Gentile reader, which that would be us. us yeah. Or Gentile. And, yes. <laughs> we are Gentiles. Um, and our followers, the majority of them will be as well. Right. Jewish folk. So to the Gentile reader, Jewish folklore addresses itself with its myriad implications because it is but a colorful part of the kaleidoscope of universal culture. While it may plain, while it makes plain the common humanity of all races and nations and thus draw them closer in the bonds of brotherhood and understanding. Wow. Right. Such a great sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that's no, so nice. It was, it was, yeah. Right. Nice. Okay. So the Pentateuch, this is where I started taking notes. Cause I was like, okay, can you just explain what that fucking Midrash thing was for a second right. and what the Talmud and all this shit. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the Pentateuch is the law, right? The Pentateuch is the first five books. That's all it means. Sure. And those five books are the Torah. Oh, Torah. And, um, the law. Okay. okay. All right. So it's not that Pentateuch means law. It's that Pentateuch means five books. Those five books are Torah, Got the it. law. Right. Okay. The scribes who succeeded Ezra added the Mishnah, a second body of law. So that's called second law. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's what the Mishnah is. Okay. The Gomorrah, which means doctrine, or as it's normally called, the Talmud, okay, which means explanation, was added as a commentary and interpretation. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So these have been passed down, like they were gathered for centuries and added to and edited and redacted and much all like of that. the Bible, much like the Bible itself. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but it's supplemental material. Right. 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 Okay. Now there were two Talmuds, which I found very interesting because hmm. I barely knew about the one, much less <laughs> right. two. Right. There was the Babylonian Talmud, which would be the more important one because okay. it came earlier yeah. and gathered more. But the one that was the last one um, with a final redaction yeah. was the Jerusalem Talmud. And that's the one that we use today, yeah. even though it's incomplete. It's missing 24 treatises. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's believed that those have just been lost to time. Got it. Got yeah. It. So, okay. Both contain two parts. Both of the the Talmuds. Right. Okay. Contain two parts. The Halacha, which is judicial interpretation of the law, and Agata, which is ethical and poetical interpretation of the law via storytelling. Okay. Okay. So that's the Agata. Sure. Of the, mid, of the Talmud. That's that's interesting because they're they're actually kind of uh, saying that laws are not strict. They're ethic. Like you need to take more into account. Well, they're saying that here is the law, and here over here is a book um, that that explains it, and over here is a book where we talk about it, and over here is a book where we tell stories and parables. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It's, it's just all different ways of interpreting and explaining and questioning the law. Sure, sure. Okay? So the law is Torah. Second law is Mishnah. Explanation is Talmud, sometimes called Gomorrah. And commentary is the Midrash. 
which it. contains art and more commentary. Okay. Okay. Now, most of the stories and stuff that he has collected yeah. will come from the Agata. That's the ethical and poetical interpretation. Okay. So that would be the parables, the folk tales, the lore, the legends. Got it. That stuff. Got it. So we will be mostly reading from the Agata. Okay. So interesting. That is what I bring to the table today. All right. And now you have another week to get the book. I again ordered these off of um, what is it called? Thrift book. Thrift books. Thrift books. And um, they arrived in less than a week. And I had ordered two other ones along with this one. We need to talk to them about sponsoring us. We really do. I just <laughs> I I love them. They're fast. They um, if they don't have the book, they put you on an email list. They'll contact you when they right. get it. Um, their prices are phenomenal. Their shipping is um, if you spend thirty five dollars or more, I think you get free shipping. My God, you're doing an ad. I uh, <laughs> I look. I love them, and I will go out of my way to support companies that I love. Right, so, right. So, yep. whatever. Yeah, I'm just no, saying. That's, that's fine. That's fine. All right. So, that is Once More, A Treasury of Jewish Folklore, edited by Nathan Osubel, A-U-S-U-B-E-L. All right. And I hope you all pick it up and read along with us, and I will tell you ahead of time what we will be covering, which next saturday sunday sunday next yeah. sunday will be um we will pull some stories from that first section jewish salt okay sounds good thank you for joining us everybody and we will be back well we got our weekly roundup today mm-hmm. our weekly re- replay today yes and then tomorrow we're going to be back with first chronicles chapter 21 Yes, that is yes. correct. Sorry, yes. I had to think about it for a second. I know you were like shaking your head and I was like, then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we'll see you then. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.